Gopher fans, it's Phil Mackey here with a question for you business owners specifically. Have you ever had an insurance claim that left you feeling like you got sacked in the end zone? When something bad happens to the company you built with your blood, sweat, and tears, you don't want to be left sitting on the sidelines waiting to get back in the game. You want your insurance team to be ready with a game plan that helps you recover smoothly so you can get on with running your business. Your local federated representative is ready to create a custom playbook of specialty insurance products and risk management strategies for you. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Welcome to another edition of the Quarantine Score North Gophers show. I would be Ross Brendel, joined this time around by one of the many contributors and co-hosts of the Score North Gophers show, Mr. Manny Hill. Manny joining us via the Google Hangout machine. How are you, Manny? I'm pretty good, my friend. How are you? Doing wonderful. So this is the third edition of the Score North Gophers show, and I should say, Manny, as wonderful as I possibly can be doing, it brings a smile to my face to be able to see your face and chat here a little bit and do an edition of the Score North Gophers show. We are sacrificing a little bit, actually a fair amount on the audio, to be able to bring you some content. So we we certainly appreciate those of you who are listening to this edition, sticking it out with us here through this uh, quarantine in the uh, past episodes and the days to come. Again, Ross Brendel, at Brendel Ross on Twitter. Mr. Manny Hill at Manny Hill 84 on Twitter. Manny, how you hanging up? You and I are how you hanging in there? Excuse me. You and I uh very similar, both with some underlying health conditions. And it looks like, and by the sounds of it, sounds like we are both uh, certainly doing our best to uh, view this situation as positively as we possibly can, but also viewing it uh, very safely and doing our best to uh, limit our interactions, but also stay in a good frame of mind. Yeah, it's been, um, I think, the, the biggest challenge for not just you know people like you and I, but really for everybody, has been to sort of find that balance of being aware of what's going on and taking the necessary steps and doing the right things um, to sort of maintain and uh, you know maintain our health, um, but also try to live somewhat of a normal life. I mean, the reality is, is that this is what we're going through right now is not normal at all. It's not like anything that any of us have really ever experienced before. Um, but I think there is sort of that challenge of just finding that balance between trying to be as healthy and sanitary and clean as, as you possibly can be, um, but also being able to sort of keep yourself upbeat and keep yourself entertained and and, and uh, sort of live uh, at least a, as good a quality of life as you possibly can, because the reality is, is you know, it, it, it doesn't seem like this sort of status that we're in right now is, is going to change dramatically anytime soon. Um, at least change for the better. I mean, things could still potentially get worse, unfortunately. And um, I think just the best thing we have to do right now is to just try and continue to live live life as best we possibly can, but also keep in mind of what is happening and what we're dealing with and to um, try to adjust to that accordingly. 
So how are you killing your time, Manny? I will tell you, I've been doing, in all honesty, a lot of the same things that I almost always do when I'm killing time and there's nothing sports related. Watching a lot of Netflix, watching a lot of HBO, and I'm playing a lot of PlayStation 4. I did pick up a copy of MLB Show, MLB The Show 20. I still have not played it, Manny. I told you I would, but every time I think there's a break for me in Madden 20, I can't. I just keep going. I finished a season and thought that would be a good point to jump off and play the show. Well, I just went through another offseason, and I'm in salary cap you know what with the fake Detroit Lions in 2029. And that's fun for me. So it's really tough to break and get out to MLB the show. But that's how I have been killing my time. Madden, Netflix, HBO, and I've been going for three to four mile walks almost every day. That's about it. How about yourself? And then we'll talk some gophers in college athletics. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I've been pretty much doing a very similar thing. Um, I've spent some time on my PS4. I've been doing the Netflix and Hulu thing. Um, I've still been able to keep keep up on you know some of the shows that I've that I enjoy watching. Still able to watch Law and Order SVU. I'm a big fan of that show. I think you and I are both big fans of that show. Um, the new season of Westworld just premiered uh, two weeks ago, so I've been able to. Uh, keep up on that on HBO as well. Um, I think a season, the 10th season of Curb Your Enthusiasm just wrapped up this week. Um, so I've been, been into that a little bit too. Uh, yeah. And just trying to, just trying to stay healthy. You know, I've gotten myself on the treadmill a couple of times this week. I mean, it's, it's been, um, it's been, it's been interesting. It's, it's been, that's, that's, I think it's been the biggest challenge is just trying to keep yourself Uh, keep yourself occupied without going full-on insane. Okay, so a few more things, Manny. The 10th season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, I don't know if it's their best work, but it's right up there. I finished it. I am done. It, laugh out loud funny to the point where at times I'd laugh so hard it hurt. And if you haven't watched it yet, Tiger King on Netflix, it is absolutely all the rage, and I'm sure you've at least heard people talk about it if you haven't watched it yet. It is one of the most ridiculous things I have ever watched, and Netflix has (laughs) plenty of things that are ridiculous. This is a documentary. It is real, and 80% of the time, you can't believe what you're watching is real. I told somebody else not to put others down. At times, you can't believe some of these people in this documentary, Manny, you can't believe that they vote in the same elections that we do. Like, that's just, that's how insane and crazy these people are. So that is, I believe, a seven-part documentary on Netflix. There may be roughly 50 minutes apiece. Definitely worth your watch. Definitely worth your watch. But, Manny, this is the Score North Gophers show. I'm glad we caught up because, in all honesty, we have not talked a ton since we were booted out of the office. And and again, props to Hubbard. They have taken uh, great precautions here to keep us all safe, happy, and healthy. So props to them. But let's talk Gopher sports, and let's start with Daniel Oturu. Murph and I recorded a pod earlier this week, a quarantined edition of the Score North Gophers show. Just talking about Daniel Oturu making the decision to go to the NBA. 
Technically, he probably still has a little bit of an out. He has not hired the agent, but that's definitely going to be coming soon. Your thoughts on Daniel Oturu entering the NBA draft? Well, I'm not surprised. Um, I think this was something that I felt, uh, personally, I felt was going to be pretty likely. I think as the season progressed and as Daniel continued to uh, continue to play really well and continue to, to carry carry this Gopher team as, as best he possibly could um, down the stretch of the season. And, um, you know, I think it just it just makes a lot of sense for him to do that is that, you know, you've you've played pretty well in your first two seasons uh, at the collegiate level. You've obviously you've dramatically improved your game uh, from your freshman year to your sophomore year. And I think if you're him, I, I think it's, it's a good opportunity for him to, to play at the next level. If, you know, I think he believes uh, that he's going to be a, a first-round pick, uh, uh, probably somewhere in the, in the middle of the first round, I would think. And obviously, things can change. I mean, we're going to have, uh, you know, workouts and things like that. We're going to see those sorts of things. Um, now, considering the current state of the sports world, I don't anticipate the NBA draft happening when it's currently scheduled to happen, which is, I think, at the end of June. Typically, you know, that's usually when the NBA draft is. I cannot imagine it's going to happen at that time. So, I mean, different things um, occurring over the next few months could certainly determine, you know, workouts and scouting and all that stuff, too. So um, that's going to have an impact, not just on Daniel Oturu, but everybody. But speaking of Daniel specifically, I mean, I, I just think it's it's for him. I think it's the right decision. Uh, I think the question now is going to be where does the Gopher basketball program go from here now that he has uh, that he's moved on. I mean, this this program Ross has lost um, two really really talented players in the last two years um, that have gone off to the NBA. Uh, two guys that had eligibility left, and uh, so I think the challenge now for Coach Patino now that we know he's going to be back uh, for next season is going to be how do you replace Daniel Oturu? And I'm not sure uh, that you're going to be able to do that with, with just one guy. So this year's team, Manny, barring winning five games in five days, was going to miss the NCAA tournament. They were more than likely going to miss the NIT tournament as well. So with no right. Daniel Oturu next year, how does a team that lost their best player who averaged over 20 points, over 10 rebounds, and two and a half blocks a game. How does a team who's losing their best player even qualify for the NIT next year, or albeit probably a long shot at this point, make the NCAA tournament? I laid out this case to Murph earlier in the week. I said, if it's going to happen, you need the best form of Gabe Kelsher you've had, at least the form of Gabe as a freshman. You probably need a better version of that. Peyton Willis needs to develop. Marcus Carr needs to continue to develop and improve, probably be their best player and play more consistent basketball. Enan needs to take a step similar to what Oturu did from year one to year two. And Jamal Mashburn Jr. probably needs to show up and have a comparable level of, I guess, output or just even stats similar to what Oturu had as a freshman if this team's even going to have a chance to make the NCAA tournament. 
And Manny, I think that's asking a lot. And I and I want to give you a chance to to have a rebuttal here or add more to that. But I also would say this to you because we haven't had much of a chance to talk about this yet. It really seems difficult to think that we're in any better of a situation at this time next year with the Gopher basketball program. And is two tournaments in eight years for Richard Pitino and the Gophers enough? I just, I continue to say, even though the history of the program says that that's probably about all you can do, I continue to say and believe that you have to strive to be better. 100%. And, I, you know, I, I look at it like this, and, and, you know, and I understand that, you know, Mark Coyle is in charge of all of these programs, and he's the one, I mean, the buck stops with him, right? Like, he's the one that makes all these decisions on whether or not coaches are going to continue to have their jobs. And, you know, and I, I understand, you know, both sides of, you know, keeping Richard Pitino and bringing him back for next year or, you know, relieving him of his duties. My, the thing that I've struggled with this entire situation, Ross, is if, if the only way Richard Pitino was going to keep his job beyond next season was that if they make the NCAA tournament, I mean, I, I just don't see this team being an NCAA tournament team next year. So from my perspective, it's sort of what are, what are we doing here? Why why are you bringing it back if you know they're not going to make the NCAA tournament? Now, I understand, you know, there's buyouts and all of that stuff too, and that may, maybe that may have played a role in Patino coming back for another year. But I just think you have to think long-term about the health of the program and, and how much the, the program has progressed in – in uh in in seven seasons now under Richard Pitino and it there's been some nice moments there's been some exciting times um but I, I think that when you look at two NCAA tournament appearances in seven years I mean that's I understand this program has not been to very many NCAA tournaments but I also feel like the standard should be higher than just two tournaments in seven years and so yeah I, I don't know I mean it's it's going to be um I think to get to the NCAA tournament next year is going to be a really, really tall order considering what's coming back. Um, I think the NIT is a possibility, but like you said, you need Gabe Kalsher to get back on track. You need Isaiah, Isaiah Enan to take a next step, and I mean a significant next step um, from his freshman year to his sophomore year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and Marcus Carr needs to, you know, he's going to be back. He needs to take another step as well. So, I mean, it, it's you're, you're relying on so many of these factors to come true, and that's just, I think, Ross, for this team to be an NIT team next year. I mean, we're not even thinking about NCAA tournament. We're talking about this team winning 17, 18 games next year and having a, a pretty good shot at the NIT. You need all of those things to happen because of what you're losing in Daniel Oturu going on to the NBA. Yeah, and for as much as I love Richard Pitino, Manny, and I do, I'll reiterate, I say this every Score North Gophers show, I love that he's self-deprecating. I love that he seems to understand and acknowledge that his last name carries some baggage, both good and bad. I, I love yeah. that he has... he's engrossed himself if that's the right word I may have just made up a word I apologize but I love that he's put himself here in the Minnesota culture and he 
And he seems to get that whole one of us thing, right? He loves to poke fun that he will never be one of us, even if he coaches here for another 30 years. I I love all that stuff. But yeah, eight years in, if we're talking about all the things that have to go right just to make it to the NIT, what are we really doing here? And again, 14 tournaments in 48 years, NCAA tournaments, I certainly understand that this is not a, a, the standard of the job. Probably shouldn't be making the NCAA tournament every year, but could we at least settle on getting there every other year? Probably should be the goal. It's been it's been a little too up and down for me in the seven year stretch, but I'll hope for good things. Nothing's impossible. It's not like they can't make the NCAA tournament next year. There's no rule that says they can't unless they get unless they get sanctions or they've been cheating and we don't know about it. But right now there's nothing that says they can't excel and make the NCAA tournament next year. I want to switch gears a little bit. Manny, I asked the Twitter world questions, comments, concerns, topics. One thing that came back to us was from Kai at Gunner Viking on Twitter. He said, what is the most entertaining Gophers game? Not necessarily a win in the last five years. So in my mind, Manny, I think of three things. Where my head's at, I think of basketball, football, and hockey. And I could really, there's been good moments everywhere, but I could only really come up with a few football games is what I settled on. I settled on two football games, and I also had thought, Manny, about... Well, when the Gophers went to Lincoln and won, well, I couldn't use that because that was in 2014. When the Gophers ran one up on Iowa and you and I were both in attendance and they beat Iowa 51-14 to at TCF Bank Stadium, albeit not a close game, that was exciting. But that was also 2014. And very quickly, Manny, if you go back and look at the Gopher football schedule in 2014, they finished 8-5. and five. They ended up losing their bowl game. But that was a very fun year for the Gophers with a lot of nice wins. But I'm going to give you my two. I think we may overlap on one. I'll give you the second one. The second one I'm going to start out with, Manny, is last year against Wisconsin. Again, not that close of a game, but a 37-15 victory for the Gophers. They were 5-6. and six. I think most of us assumed... They would go to Camp Randall and lose again and not have beaten the Badgers for a decade and a half. Well, that game was exciting to me because with each passing minute, it became more apparent the Gophers were the best team on the field. And it was exciting simply because, Manny, they just hadn't beat them since I was in high school. And that's a long time. I'll be 34 in October. I mean, I'm not I, I'm not old, but I'm not young, right? And to go that long without beating what I view as your biggest rival in your biggest revenue sport, that was exciting to finally get that win. So the second one I'm going to bring up is Minnesota football going to Camp Randall in 2018 and beating Wisconsin. Then I think number one, I got a feeling this is going to be number one for you too. If not, you'll be able to correct the record. Earlier this year, November 9th, Minnesota knocking off Penn State at home. Minnesota 17th in the country, Penn State 4th. People don't realize, people think that game got harried late. That was a close and competitive game for all of the first half. Minnesota separated a bit in the third quarter and then had to hold on. But Tanner Morgan throwing darts all game long, really putting himself on the map as a potential NFL prospect here in a year or two. 
to me, that was it. The crowd flooding the field, a legitimate sold-out 90-95% with University of Minnesota fans almost all in their seat before kickoff, a revved and rocking student section. Uh, to me, that's number one, and it's not even close. In the last five years, Manny, I actually had to dig deep to find what number two would be. We mentioned Richard Pitino's run here at Minnesota. Two NCAA tournaments, one win. The Louisville win was nice, but to me, it doesn't top those two football games that I talked about. They had a nice run when they became a five seed, but there was really nothing there that excited me. Go for hockey, it's been a tough run. I thought about beating North Dakota in the Frozen Four, but that doesn't even qualify, and that was not within the five-year window. So I'm going Minnesota at Wisconsin in 2018 and Minnesota beating Penn State on November 9th here of 2019. What do you have for your most exciting Gopher athletics games in the last five years? Well, I definitely have the Penn State game. Uh, on that list, um, and the Wisconsin game, I did not have the, the end of the 2018 season at Cam Randall. I did not have that game. That's a very, very, very good choice. I agree. Um, another one I was thinking about, though, Ross, was was uh, winning the Outback Bowl against Auburn. I mean, I think when you just look at the way the Gophers really dominated that football game, even though you know you look at the final score, and, and you know the final score may not. I don't think the final score really did the game justice because really if you take away, you know, an early interception by Tanner Morgan and then you take away a kickoff return for a touchdown by Auburn, the Gophers really just smoked the Tigers. I mean, throughout that entire game. And I think to, to see this program get a victory like that when I'll be honest with you, I did not see them winning that game going into it. I just didn't think I thought Auburn would be too big, too strong, too fast. A classic SEC team, a team that had just beaten Nick Saban um, to, to end their regular season. I thought Auburn was going to be too much for the Gophers. And the Gophers, despite having not played well down the stretch late in the season, not having not played their best football, um, to put on a performance like that against a legit opponent, um, I think was just was just great. I think it was fantastic. Another thing I was thinking about the Ross was how about the Gopher baseball team's run to the NCAA Super Regional? Uh, I think it was 2016. It might have been. You know what's funny? Mistaken, were they? Yeah, you know what's funny, Manny, and not to cut you off. I actually thought about that too, and I almost put it on the list, but it's. It's sad for how much of a twin state this is. Gopher baseball just doesn't get the love that it should with John right. Anderson's squad because they're basically a perennial NCAA tournament team. But it's really tough for a Midwest team to go super far just because we don't have the built-in advantages that teams in the South and Southeast do. But, Manny, I actually thought about that, too. That was incredibly fun to watch. Yeah, 100%. And you look at the way they beat UCLA twice during the NCAA tournament just to get as far as they got. And, you know, and they ran into um, sort of a buzzsaw in Oregon State in the Super Regional that sort of, uh, they were, you know, they were just a little bit overmatched as far as as far as that was concerned. But I think to go on the run that they went on, beating a legitimately good UCLA team twice to get to that run, uh, to get as far as they did, when, like you said, Midwestern teams just don't 
typically go that far in the NCAA tournament uh, for, for baseball uh, because of all, like you said, like all of the, the built-in uh, advantages that, you know, teams in the SEC and teams in the ACC and teams on the West Coast seem to have. Uh, for the Gophers to go on that run with a pretty good squad from Coach Anderson was uh, was a, was a lot of fun, and and uh, it's it's definitely something that should be recognized. Jumping back to football real quickly before closing with some quick hitters, I don't want to make this any more painful on Gopher fans than it has to be. But Manny, in your eyes, if Minnesota takes on Oregon in Pasadena on January first of twenty twenty. Knowing what we know now, and this is impossible, it's just kind of a fun talker, knowing what we know now with how Minnesota handled Auburn, I think they really used that month off to get back to what they were doing well and just get themselves in a good frame of mind to take on a quality football program with Auburn. If Minnesota plays Oregon, does Minnesota win the Rose Bowl? I think they probably do. Again, knowing knowing what we know now, Oregon and Wisconsin, it was a bit of a slugfest. It was by no means a pretty football game. Oregon came on late to win it in the end. I think that's the sign of a, I don't know how, how well he'll project in the NFL. It's anybody's guess, but Justin Herbert, a fantastic college quarterback. I, I tend to believe if Minnesota takes on Oregon and Pasadena on January 1st of 2020, the Gophers are Rose Bowl champions. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that's an interesting, that's an interesting thought. You know, I, I hadn't really thought about that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because Wisconsin, when Wisconsin went into TCF Bank Stadium and beat the Gophers, um, the way they did, it felt like, it, it felt like, a, a, I mean, obviously it was a huge gut punch to the Gophers and, and Gopher fans, you know, and I think for Wisconsin, it was sort of a, um, uh, sort of a redemption type of thing because the Gophers had went into Camp Randall and smoked them the year before. And, you know, it was another opportunity for them to go to the uh, Big Ten championship game. I think if you're, I think Wisconsin, and this is just my thought, I think part of the reason why Wisconsin did not play as well as they probably should have in the Rose Bowl against Oregon was because I think they were largely pretty devastated by what happened to them in the Big Ten championship game. I mean, they were up, what, 21 to 7 in that game, late in that game, and Ohio State just um, caught fire and came back and, and won pretty decisively. I think that was a pretty significant gut punch to Wisconsin. Um, and and I, I think they sort of carried that into the into the Rose Bowl, and I think that's why they didn't uh, they didn't perform as well. I think the Gophers would have honestly had a different sort of approach to the Big Ten championship game. Not saying they would have won, certainly not saying that, but I think, I don't know if losing to Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game would have been as devastating to the Gophers as it was to Wisconsin. And I think because of that, I I think, I tend to think the Gophers probably would have played a little bit better in in the Rose Bowl. Now, would they have won against Oregon? I don't know. It's hard to tell. Um, but I, you know, I, I tend to think PJ Fleck would have found a way to get um, to get his guys to play as well as as they did in against Auburn in the in the Outback Bowl, and and I think it there's a chance it certainly could have carried on in the Rose Bowl if, if the Gophers had gotten there. 
It is a good what if, and I am confident if P.J. Fleck sticks around long enough. I don't know if it'll be next year. Maybe it's a couple more years. I do think the Gophers are going to get a crack at going to Indy and playing in a Big Ten championship game and maybe winning it. I do believe if P.J. Fleck stays long enough, the Gophers will play in a New Year's Six Bowl game. And I also, well, I want to challenge myself. I want to quit getting to the point where I qualify everything if P.J. stays long enough. I just want to get to the point where I'm just going to assume he's the head coach at this university forever until we find out that he's not. Because I, I also don't think it's fair to him or the team if if myself and other members of the media keep qualifying everything he does with if he stays long enough. Maybe he will stay for another 5-10 years. Who is to say? It's just you and I have talked about this before, Manny. When you have a head coach doing what he's done at Western Michigan and now here at univer- at the University of Minnesota, people are going to come calling. They're going to they're going to come calling pretty much every year and the temptation is always going to be there with money that the University of Minnesota can probably always improve upon, especially if the program continues to elevate, but they're never going to be able to compete with maybe what a Michigan or a Notre Dame could pay. That's neither here nor there. I want to do some quick hitters on the way out the door. Are you ready, Manny? Let's do it. So this came from something called Susan Halliburton. That's a mean way to describe it. Uh, Her name is Susan Halliburton. I don't know why I qualified it that way. She tweeted, Texas A&M Athletic Director Ross Bjork anticipates that the NCAA will allow a type of mini camp for football in May, June, or July to make up for spring practices if they're not totally scrapped. My guess would be that's not going to be May. It would be uh, June or July at best. Manny, I submit to you, unless there's some, I I know for academics, there's reasons why they do it the way they do with spring practices and spring games. If you just took that out of it, and in all honesty, it's the NCAA, they don't really care about academics. They claim they do, but they don't. Let's just say you, right. t- let's just say you took that away. Shouldn't college football just do this anyways? Shouldn't they do like a mini camp in July and then roll right into their preseason practices in August and then play the game similar to what the NFL does, I would submit to you, this is the way they probably should do it anyways. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, it, it, it I think it really gives, um, it, you know, and, and obviously I'm not a college football player, so I don't know how much or, or how, how well in, in, in either direction this would improve you know, how the players are able to perform during the course of the season, if it impacts their off season at all, or what, what sort of impact it has. But I think if anything, it can give fans, I think, an opportunity to, to sort of connect better with, with the squad. I mean, and, and, and let's be honest, I think when you're thinking about go for athletics, I think that's always sort of been an underlying challenge, right? Is, is to get, more people to connect to these teams. And I think that's, that's a step that could potentially be a small step in getting, getting more fans involved with the program, getting more fans invested into the program. Uh, I think if you're able to do that, put something together like that, that allows fans to, to, you know, sort of connect with the team a little bit more and, and sort of opening up more of a, of a open practice type of thing where fans get a chance to, to see it much like they do with, NFL training camps, I, I would be all for that because I, I think that's that's a that's a great way for 
programs that are trying to progress like the Gophers to, to really sort of push their brand and push the identity and, and of, uh, of what they're trying to do. Yeah, and I know they some of the practices are open to the public. I think three practices were scheduled to be open to the public in the spring game. But I think if you did something similar to what the NFL does with training camp and maybe it was just a, a Wednesday through Sunday in late July, then you rolled into your practices – before the season starts, when you get ready for your first game in late August, I think I think there could be some advantages to that. And then you're not practicing and playing a game against each other for a month in March into April, and then shutting it down for three four months before you resume again. I right. just I just think there there right. could be some fun things that they could do there. And like you said, Manny, open it up and have access for college football fans. Okay, a few more quick hitters. If you've been following uh, Richard Patino's quarantine tweets on on Twitter with his kids, they're they're hysterical. They are, in all honesty, Manny, these tweets are everything I want to have the opportunity with one day to be a parent. It is also what terrifies me about being a parent. Have you have you seen have you the one of his kids they're watching WrestleMania and his kids are beating the crap out of each other? Then there's one where they're watching a cartoon and everyone is yelling and screaming and dancing. It looks like a ton of fun, but also a migraine headache. <laughs> well, I will just say this. I commend Coach Patino and I commend um, Coach Fleck and I commend many, many other folks around this world who have children and uh, have been uh, – obviously with, with what's been going on, have been interacting with their children a lot more um, lately. I commend them. I will say I'm, I'm pretty good with not having kids right now. (laughs) I'll be honest. Like it is, it is something that I think takes a lot of, takes a lot of energy. And, And, you know, I'll just, I'll just speak personally from, you know, from my mom sort of being a, a single parent for a number of years, raising, raising me and my sister. Um, it's, it's a tough job. And, and really it, it, it is something that whenever I see, um, whenever I see parents interacting with their kids and having fun with their kids, I, I just, I tip my hat to them because it's not an easy job being a parent. I can't, I can't imagine it's an easy job. Um, and, and to still be able to, um, with, with all the, the daily stresses of life and still to be able to, you know, put together a, 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 a family oriented environment at home with your kids is, is, uh, is truly special. And I, I really just tip my hat to anybody that's, that's able to do that. And obviously I think that includes coach Patino and, and certainly I, I think coach Fleck has had the same thing. Um, it, it's a tough job. Being a parent is a tough job, and, and I can't imagine I can't imagine doing it right now. So I, my hat goes off to everybody who is. Yeah, I would encourage all our listeners. I'm assuming that they follow Richard Patino on Twitter, but if they don't, certainly follow him and check out his his daily tweets of his kids around the house because they've been incredibly hilarious. And, and I'll add this: you know, Manny, you and I have this in common different circumstances obviously but we lost my mother when I was eight and my dad raised at the time an eight ten and twelve year old and yeah. it's just it's it's incredible what he was able to do in that uh we all turned out you know you know all three of us you know my two sisters very well and of course I have a stepbrother now 
brother who I love and adore. The word stepbrother, I always hate saying that. It makes it seem like I don't like him. But if you haven't seen me for a while and you don't know who he is, I have to qualify it anyways. Random rant there. I love you, Sam. Um, Patino, Patino v. Patino at the barn next year. Does that do anything for you? Richard Patino hinted that that uh, might happen. I think that'll be it. I don't, that could be something. I mean, uh, Rick just got the job at, was it Iona, right? Yes. Um, I thought so, Iowa so, when yeah. I first saw the tweet. I was so excited. I thought it was Iowa. I got <laughs> I got giddy, and then I reread the tweet, and I'm like, oh, Iona. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, certainly could be, um, that, that certainly could be something that uh, I think, well, I, I think certainly the, the media, I think, will certainly have some fun with that because – well, what was it? A few years ago, I think the um, uh, the Gophers played Louisville. Not in the not talking about the NCAA tournament game, but uh, a few years ago it was like an early season game. I don't think that was on the ship, right? That was that was on the carrier, the yeah, airline carrier. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember though. Was Rick still coaching at Louisville? Or he was. That he was. was yep, he was. Okay. He was okay, there at so, the time, but he was not there in the NCAA tournament game. He had been dismissed by right. that point. Yeah, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean that that could be kind of fun. I think anytime you get a you get a coach, uh, you know, coaching against his dad or vice versa. I mean, it's always uh, certainly provides a lot of talkers. And and why not? I mean, at this point, I mean, if you know, certainly with where Rick is coaching now and where Richard is coaching. I mean, I think it makes, makes some sense. It's a non, it could be a non-conference game, early season game at the barn, you know, why not? It should be, uh, it should be fun. Yeah. I think Rick Pitino wouldn't mind it to give his team, you know, often team, oftentimes teams like Iona want to schedule up as much as possible. I think what makes this one intriguing that you mentioned the father son angle, which everybody of course is aware of, what makes this one interesting, though, is you typically would think it would be the other way around. The younger one would be coaching at a place like Iona, and the other one, right. the older one, would have a job at, like, a Minnesota. But for various reasons that we're all well aware of and well documented, it will be the other way around. If it's not next year, I do think it will happen at some point in the future. Final one, Manny, Antoine Winfield. I think both you and I and pretty much everybody else who follows Gopher football in the NFL draft, we believe he will be the highest Gopher taken in the draft next year. Your homework assignment was to predict the pick and team of where he goes. I will go first. As of now, I am not buying the late first round steam. I'm going to use a little intel from our own Darren Doogie Wolfson, who reported earlier this week that an NFC East team had engaged the Vikings about trying to trade for our guy Harris. So I'm going to guess, and he said it was not Washington. It's probably not the Giants because they have Peppers. I don't think it would be the Redskins. So I'm going to guess it's the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm going to say that they don't get Harris. And because of that, with the 51st overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Dallas Cowboys will select Antoine Winfield Jr. Okay. I like it. I like that prediction. Um, I was trying to think about this long and hard, and I 
just, Ross, I have this weird feeling the Vikings are going to end up selecting Antoine Winfield Jr. I, I just have this weird, weird feeling because I do think that they are going to end up um, trading away either Harrison Smith or Anthony Harris. Probably seems like Anthony Harris is probably the more likely one um, just because he might end up getting a better return for you just because he's younger. Um, and I think that the Vikings are going to end up taking Antoine Winfield Jr. Maybe not necessarily with one of the picks that they get for Anthony Harris, but um, I'm going to I'm going to say the Vikings are going to take him at 58 in the second round. That that's where he's going to end up being. Okay, so you also are not buying the first round, Steve. So you wouldn't say that they're going to take him with the 25th overall pick or the 23rd. You're thinking second round too. Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, definitely second round. It it just seems like a pretty good, pretty good spot for him. I I do think Rossi's going to be a fantastic NFL player. I think he just from watching him these last couple of years with the Gophers, he just he he has all of the same football instincts that his father had. Obviously, you and I both saw his father play in the purple for many many years. I think he has all the same instincts as his father from a football sense, and I think he's more athletically gifted than his dad. I just think he has all the makings of being a being a terrific pro player. It's, it's going to be really fun to watch him play, I think. Okay, final thing, Manny, and this just came up as I was scanning the draft order. The Vikings right now currently are slated for the third to last pick at 253. The last pick this year will be pick 255. It belongs to the New York football giants. Trader Rick loves moving around in the seventh round. I think he's got 73 seventh round picks this year. That's that, <laughs> that's that's not possible. That's a slight exaggeration on my part. Could the Vikings, though, somehow get that last pick so we can draft? We, I don't play for the team, so they can draft Mr. Irrelevant at 255? Well, they already have... Um... They already have three picks in the seventh round, right? So, yes. I mean, at this point, <laughs> I mean, you've got enough. You've got an extra seventh round pick that you can probably trade back to 255 and maybe get a, get a seventh round pick next year or something like that. <laughs> what um, if we don't take, not, you know? what if they don't take anything in return, Manny? What if they just call up the Giants and say, we'll just swap picks with you? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is required we'll just, of you. We'll just we'll just give you two fifty three. You just give us two fifty five. Yeah, good, right? why uh, not? <laughs> I want Mister Irrelevant. Let's start the movement. You know, Rick Spielman loves making trades, man. Oh, especially especially seventh round picks. People keep thinking that. Oh well, if they trade Anthony Harris and get more capital, that's what they're going to turn to flip to the Redskins which is probably what they're going to try and do to land Trent Williams. I, I feel like there's pretty good odds that that's going to happen. But let's not put it beyond yeah. Rick Spielman to have 22 picks next year and keep them all. He he loves his draft, man. He he loves his draft, and he loves compiling picks. Trader Rick, that's what you call him. Right? <laughs> Tr- Trader Rick, I love it. There's Trader Joe's and there's Trader Rick. Manny... That's all I have for you. I told you we should do this in about 30 minutes and par for the course. We went about 45. So we'll, uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> we'll, we'll get out of here. Hopefully you continue to make the best of kind of this crummy situation. And I would say that 
to uh, all of our listeners here of the Score North Gophers show and Score North, Score North, geez, how about we call it the right station, Score North. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Well wishes to everybody out there. Stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy during this quarantine and, and look for the best here. Spend more time with your family. Find some fun things to do. Get outside when you can as we record this today, Manny. It is a gorgeous day, so if you can get some steps in outside on this Friday, March 27th, go ahead and do that. Buddy, great to see your smiling face via the Google Hangout, and uh, we'll see you soon, okay? Sounds good. Always a pleasure being on with you, my friend. Stay safe out there, folks. Please do. That is Manny Hill, at Manny Hill 84 on Twitter. I am Ross Brendel, at Brendel Ross on Twitter. Please give us both a follow if you wouldn't mind. Please, as you listen via Apple, Spotify, or that free Score North app, or maybe even at scorenorth.com, give us a favorable review if you are so inclined. We would certainly appreciate it. That will do it for this edition of the Score North Gopher Show.